Jen, would you pray for us? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for providing for us every day. And um, we often just take for granted the things that you've um, given us, the things that so many other people don't have. So God, I just want to take this time to thank you that you've given us. It's not something that we've earned, not something that we deserve, but that you've given us um, safety and freedom and security. And um, but God, the blessings you give us and the skills and abilities you give us, you, we know that you've designed for us to use to share, not to keep for ourselves. So God, please help us remember to not hoard it and to keep it, but to pass it along to other people who are lacking God and um, God we just want to know you better we want to know you more and more clearly and we want our hearts to align with yours we keep trying to do it our own way God so God I just pray that um, today as Rob is speaking um, that you would speak through him and that you'd reveal yourselves to yourself to us and um, that you'd use his words to um, bring life into our our own lives. And God, I also pray that you would teach Rob something new during the sermon as well. And that you would give him the courage to speak the hard words that um, are not easy to say. And um, <clears throat> God, throughout this week, I pray that you would continue to remind us of what you wanted us to learn today and that you would just work it into our lives um, just like you might work yeast throughout the dough. Um, so that we can just tr be transformed by your your healing power, God. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you. 
Father, I thank you, Lord, for your love that endures forever. I thank you, Father, that you know exactly where each one of us are at. You continue to bid us to come, to come unto you, to receive the fullness of your grace, of your mercy, and of your love. Thank you, Father, that your word declares that you do not neglect the work of your hands. Thank you, Father, that we are your people. We could be a people who have placed our hope and our trust in you and you alone. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for conviction, for, for your counsel. Pray, God, as we open your word today, Father, that we would be attentive. And that, Father, we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but through you, Lord, obeying, Father, and applying your word, that we would be a people who are maturing and growing. So that ultimately, God, our lives would burn bright. That others would know of the freedom that is in Christ and in Christ alone. Of your love great love for us, Lord. So, Father, we humble ourselves before you this day. And we say, have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 67, is where we're heading this morning. And my hope is... Hope is to finish the series that we were in last year um, for our first message of this year and walked you through the Old Testament past two times that we met, laying out these scriptures that truly give us this understanding that we are His people and that He is our God. And that has been and has been and will be His if you would, purpose to set a people apart. That he will call his own and that they would call him their God. That they would live in this understanding that we belong to him. That we have freely surrendered our lives because of his great love. No, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. You see, Jesus came to reconcile us back to God. Jesus Himself says, I am the only way. And we live 
in this generation, purposed for this generation, because as we've studied through scriptures, we have this understanding that even before the foundations of the earth, before your own individual life, God had already purposed good works for you to do. So scripture says. In and of ourselves, we wouldn't do that because in and of ourselves, in and of the flesh, in and of the nature that is in complete rebellion towards him, we wouldn't fulfill those purposes because we're not seeking first his kingdom, we're seeking first our kingdom. Our desires, our rights, our wants. But yet as we come to Christ, as we receive this free gift of salvation, we're born again to a new creation. We're born again. We are His children, born of the Spirit, learning not to walk in uh, the ways according to the flesh, but of the ways of God. And I want to challenge us, and I want to keep challenging us, no matter how hard it may seem at times in our lives, or even when you're hearing the Word of God, but that we would truly learn to be a people who just get over ourselves and say, God, uh, whatever you have, God, I want to be a person that would seek first your kingdom, above all else, because we recognize the day and age and the generation in which we are in, as it's getting darker and darker, we should be burning brighter and brighter. We have the message of hope, the message of, of freedom. And it keeps blowing my mind that this message of freedom, this truth, is so offensive to people. People are offended by this truth. People are offended to hear that there is freedom. I once lived that way. You once lived that way. Before Christ, we didn't want to hear truth. And so in this day and age, I'm really hoping that, and if you need to, go back and listen to the last two messages and and really grasp the fullness of just being still and saying, God, what does this mean? That I belong to you, that I am your child. Have you thought about that? Like the God who spoke the worlds into an existence. Uh, God Almighty calls you his own. Like he loved us when we are in complete rebellion towards Him. And nothing can separate us from His love. He is constant in our life, reminding us who He is, and what He has done, and who we are in Him, and what He has for us. Are we listening, and are are we responding? You know, the Bible's very clear in the book of Galatians. It lays out the fruit of the, the Spirit and, and, and the works of the flesh. We have to be a people who are identified by, by the old, you know, or to identify with the new. Everyone's questioning everything about God. Go out there, have spiritual conversations. 
Where are the people with the truth? Where are the people that are burning bright? That that is not. I love that line. There will always be darkness trying to extinguish your light. And did you hear that line right after that? Don't choose that. Don't give in. Don't allow the darkness to blow out your light. Don't give in to the philosophies and the craziness of this world and of this generation that that tries to strip Jesus of who he is. To strip his word down to where it's nothing. No, no, we need to be people who really understand the, the fullness of who he is and his purpose and his plan. Like he's returning. And we need to be a people who are equipped. People who, who know him, who love him, and in that, are people who reflect him. That reveals him to others by how we love them, how we serve them, how we how we honor him with our lives and with our bodies. This week, um, they laid to rest on that bright co-founder of Campus Crusade. Passed away, I think, on the 23rd of December, and I've been reflecting a lot on her and her husband, Bill. And I thought, it's amazing. I was sitting at my desk the other day, and I was just like, two people who said yes. said yes. And I love, as I was listening to testimonies of Ameth and how Bill came to her and was really excited about what God has called him to. And I love the fact of her transparency and her honesty that that really challenged her. And yet how the Holy Spirit worked with it. He signed a contract. Our lives are yours, God. And in that, millions of lives around the world have been impacted. Like, wow. Our lives may not be able to impact millions, but your life can impact. Your life should be impacting those around you. And I think that we need to awaken in, the, in our generation, being more creative, led by the Holy Spirit, because I think of, of the age, if you would, the church age that we've been in, I think God wants to do and sprout up new springs of living water throughout the earth. That's not going to look like what it's been. His people are going out and impacting the communities, their homes, their their work, their school, their just lives, everyday lives. That we're just impacting. 
the area that he has given us for that day with his truth. Serving, loving, humbling ourselves before him because we are his people. His people. And like I said, as we've walked through the, whole test, the Old Testament with these scriptures, and even then, hearing this, this understanding of, of, of a people that belong to God. And remember what we've talked about, that the people of that day and age, and those generations, they didn't fear the Israelites. They feared their God. They themselves pagan cultures would recognize that, wait a minute, it's not the people, it's their God. All that would be said of us in our generation. That people would know us. That we belong to Him. And that they're not afraid of us. And that they don't come to know us. But they come to with this understanding of fearing our God and coming to know Him. And this concept of fearing God is, is a complicated thing, if you would, because some people think, how is this loving God, if you would, to be one that I fear? Well, we have to have a healthy understanding of what this fear is. Because we have to come to a place that we don't strip him down to make him so common that we just hang out with him. Now see, God is holy. That hasn't changed. He's a holy God. And yet he gives us to right the right and, and bid us to come boldly before him but in that, we don't strip him down and, and dismiss him as he's not holy anymore. No, that we, that we maintain that, 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 that fear of God. And the part of it is the reverence and the awe, but it also is the fear of, oh God, I don't want to lose that. Because the day that I lose that, because the day I'll go back to my ways, And some say, well, I don't want that. I don't want that concept of having to th this fear. And, and it's not that I live in this day-to-day, moment-moment weird, like, oh, he's going to strike me down. No, because I already know of his love. Mm -hmm. And I know that he loved me even though I was in complete rebellion. He could have uh, struck any of us down at any moment. But no, because of his great love for us, he draws us to himself, and in that he reveals himself of who he is. He is holy. He is all-powerful. He, he is the one who, who is in charge of all the events that are taking place and forming the, the days and the nights and the generations until his return. Yet you loved me enough that you would stoop down and meet me right where I'm at. Like, wow. God. And we let David can come before him. Search me, oh God. Test me. 
and yet in this healthy understanding of who he is and fearing him and loving him out of a place of just sweet surrender because we saw his great love for us through Jesus. need to see that in our lives. Others need to see it. They need to see us living these surrendered lives freely. Not based out of works, not based out of religion, not based out of law and all this other junk that we as man, the flesh, trying to stir up. No, just freely live for him. Because in and of ourselves, we already know that there's no way that we can live this life. We didn't come to the knowledge of God on our own. None of us woke up one morning and say, I will follow Jesus. I think I would want to understand who he is. No, no. He brings that to us. He begins this in us. It's the work that he has begun. So we can't get twisted with all this junk of trying to do good and trying to be right and trying not to get tainted by the world and trying and trying because we will exhaust ourselves. And in the end, we would be balled up in, 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 in shame and condemnation and all the other junk that comes with flesh. But that of people see a people who just love God. of his great love for me. I just love him. I can't help but do good. I can't help but, but to serve and to love others and, and to encourage others and to, and, to, and, and to desire to see others come to this understanding of who he is. No, because I just love him. No matter how you see yourself, no matter what the enemy taunts you with, no matter what others are saying, stop, we have to, we have to Get rid of all that input. We have to get rid of all that junk that tries to, to overwhelm us. And we have to truly know our identity. I truly believe it's time that we truly become secure in Christ. Maturing in that. We're not going to be a perfect people, but we ought to be a maturing people. We ought to be a people who say, God, I know what you've brought me from. Because isn't that beautiful? Back in the Old Testament, we would see that. That they would remember what God had brought them from. These were the stories that they passed down through generations and generations and generations. This is where the festivals, this is where things were created to bring back this thought, bring back the memory of who God is and, and what God accomplished for His people. They celebrated it. They remembered. We talked too that God always brought these, especially back in the Old Testament, brought people. He raised up these prophets to go forth and to warn his people. 
again, it, it's that it's that healthy concept. It's that it's the understanding that He is the God of wrath and He is the God of love. And just turn to me. See, and that's what blows my mind is that He keeps reminding His people, if you would just turn to me, if you would just come back to me, you belong to me. You are my special treasure. My possession. I love you. But if you don't, there's consequences. And why would you choose those? Remember, we even read too where he told the prophet, listen, go tell them all this. But they're not going to listen. What a call. And yet the prophet was obedient. Not everybody's going to listen. But don't let that change your calling. Not everybody's going to to flock to truth. But don't let that change what God has called you to. Keep upholding it. Keep upholding it. Because it's the truth that will set us free. And this is the good news. Freedom. Children of God. And I love this prophecy that we're opening up with this morning. It's John the Baptist's father, Zachariah's prophecy. Luke chapter 1, verse 67. I'm going through verse 80. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. And again, as we're reading through these scriptures, again, I want you to really focus on the point or, or the scripture when it's reminding us that we are his people, that we are God's people. He has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. And It's vital to remember these covenants because God honors His Word. Remember when we were studying through the Old Testament, remember He told that prophet, stop praying for them. I don't care, basically, if you plead and beg for them, I'm not listening. Wow. That's God. And yet, as we keep reading, he begins to have the prophet prophesy to the hills, to the mountains. This beautiful picture of restoration. And then he has them prophesy to his people. And do you remember in that prophecy what he kept saying? I'm not doing it because of you. I'm doing it because of my word. I'm going to honor my covenant. 
doing it because I said I would. Awesome. It's not because of you, Rob. It's not because of you all. It's not because of all what the church, if you would, are doing throughout the earth. No, he's doing it because it is his word. It is his purpose. It is his plan. He honors what he has established already. I don't know about you, but that overwhelms me with such like, oh, God. Who am I that you would be mindful of me? But he is. And his great love for us and his great love for mankind. He reveals himself. He honors his word. I don't know about you, but that gives me such security. That gives me such hope. That gives me such, ah, no matter how many times I screw up, no matter what's going on in my life, in my circumstances or whatever, no like, oh God, That's why that scripture comes alive to me, if you would, where it says, just be still and know that he's God. Wow. Like he's not going to neglect us. Everything that he has planned, everything that he has purposed, says here, we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear, in holiness and in righteousness as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. Look at this. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace. Jesus, you all. Jesus, the mighty Savior, the great I Am, has come forth. He accomplished what He set out to do. Redemption is at hand. All are given the opportunity to come, to come to Jesus, to receive salvation, this free gift, that our lives now would be full of light and hope. That we're no longer to be enslaved or unbound to darkness. Enslaved and bound to, to the flesh. But no, we have hope in Jesus. And he leads us. Huh, and guides us on this path of peace. Peace. 
Not what we're all searching for in this world. Peace. Peace of heart. Peace of mind. Security. A place to belong. A place to be loved. That's what he gives us. He calls us out from this world. Set not your gaze on the things of this world, but set your gaze on Jesus. Set your eyes on him. See, as Christians, as his children, we're to be looking up. Our affections are to be set up there in Christ and not below. We're no longer children of the enemy and of the world and of the flesh. We've been born again. His people. Go to John chapter 11. Verse 50 and 52 or 352 I should say. Caiaphas, the high priest at that time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. And he goes on, You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. As the high priest at that time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but together. I'm sorry, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. Again, this understanding. A group of people that are called his own. Marked and sealed into the day of redemption. A people truly understand the first commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul with all of your mind, with all of your body and with all of your strength to love the Lord your God you are his people your ways should acknowledge this understanding this expression of love how you're living your life we have received such great love. And to dismiss it as if it's nothing or if it's just common like everything else, how crazy of a people would we be? Last time we were together, we read through Romans 1. And God went into Romans 2. And we saw how, he, how God turned people over to their own desires. And then just as Paul was penning that, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he then transitions to the church. And basically says, you're doing the same thing. How can this be? You're storing up his wrath against you. How can this be? 
You're his people. And I, as long as you've been around me, you've heard me all through the times that we've been together, that if you read the letters to the churches, it's constantly reminding them who they are. You are the children of God. Act like it. Grow up. Mature in it. And we started talking earlier about how just the message of freedom, the message of hope, makes people offended. It offends people, and it can make people even angry. God's Word, His truth, like we're constantly being reminded, you belong to God. Act like it. Live like it. But not in your own strength. In His. We have the Holy Spirit. And we ought not to be living lives that are grieving the Holy Spirit. We have to awaken to, to this truth and, 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 and really in our own lives to go, God, how am I living? Is my life really honoring you? And if not, God, well then I don't want to be trapped in religion or weirdness or, oh, I'm not measuring up. See, no, 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 God. I just want to be free with the fullness that, God, you are for me. So it's not about me trying to measure it because only Jesus can do that. But I'm to be hidden in Christ. I am to know that my identity now is seated in Christ. My identity now is in Christ and in Christ alone. And the way I'm living is to be a life that is honoring you. And we can make all the excuses of why we're not, but we've got to get beyond the excuses and we've got to get to a place of maturing. And it's, again, it's not trying about be perfect. It's a, it fascinates me that we, who call ourselves children of God, who would take upon that identity, justify while we don't live for Him. We make all the excuses and somehow think that He's okay with it. somehow think that he would go against his established word that he's already set in place. Isn't that foolishness? To think that way, to live that way, but we're all guilty of it at times. Oh, God awaken us in this hour. The truth. We know of his coming. We know of his goodness and of his, of his majesty. And yet, we have excuses in our lives. I used to say, before I fully surrendered, God understands. just who I am. He understands that. He loves me. He's okay. Talking myself into remaining in rebellion instead of surrendering. Oh, if that's my cross to carry, then so be it. God understands. 
the Holy Spirit brought me to my knees and showed me the cross. It reminded me of Jesus' words, it's finished. I was told years and years and years ago when I first you know, started this walk and seeking after Christ. And people have best intentions, but we better be mindful of what people say, especially Christians. I used to always be told, well, just pray, and God will take it away. Just pray, and God will take it away. Earnestly, I would pray, and earnestly, I would pray, and it wasn't going away. The desires, everything within me that screamed at me and said, This is who you are. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and it wouldn't go away. And then you played the weird mind games. Maybe it's me. Maybe there's something. Maybe I don't love God. Maybe this. And you start getting all twisted up. And before you know it, it's all about you and what you're doing and how you're trying to be good for God and how you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that and you're just not measuring up. And it's just this weight of burden of just religion. Oh, but I love the Holy Spirit, how he just comes in. How does he change us? How does he transform us? By changing the way we think. By renewing our mind. I remember that night as if it was, wow. And I thought, oh, I wasted so much time trying to pray it away. And all you're asking for is just to give it to you. Freely give it to you. That place of repentance. That place of, oh God, here. You know the ugliness. You know everything about me, and yet you love me, and all you say is just give it to me. If you give it to me, I've already accomplished what I've purposed. And I'll transform you. Wow. Wow. And that's for each of us. Give him your cares. Cast all your cares on Jesus. Give them to him. And then as he leads... As he begins to change the way you think, your mindsets, you'll begin to mature and to grow. And that's the Christian life. It's not about perfection. It's just growing. It's about maturing. Stop making excuses for your sin. Stop making excuses 
I love one how one person said it, I forgot who it was, about Bonnet's life, and, and it was a life of just repentance. And I thought, God, how that needs to be breathed back into the church today. That we would be a people that daily repent, that daily, oh God, here's my heart. Show me the areas of my life that I need to surrender and to give to you repent from, to turn away from so that I could draw closer to you. It's just the walk you all, it's just the life. It's this relationship with the holy God who has begun this relationship. He says, walk with me. He desires to commune with you. He doesn't put obstacles in the way you do. I do. And those are the obstacles that we freely have to tear down. Don't you love it as you read through the Old Testament, God's people? Like they would go through these seasons, generations of erecting idols, worshiping idols, and doing all this foolishness. But as soon as one, let's talk about the kings, one king would come to power and he would be reminded of, of God and through God's view, he would begin to demolish everything. They would begin to tear down things. They would begin to seek God. And there's something there to that that I think that we need to be awakened to. God could step into our lives and just crush everything. But that's not an expression of love. No greater love than this that a man will lay down his life for his friend. And a beautiful expression of love is by your own hands demolishing those idols who claim to be your God. And say, no more. I'm not defined by that anymore. I give it to you, God. I'm not defined by this anymore. No, I give it to you. I'm not defined by that fear anymore. No, God, I give it to you. No, God, I'm not going to be driven to make decisions that are altering the course of this path that I'm to be on with you. No, God. Oh. No greater expression than for your own hands to tear them down. Tear them down. Go to Romans chapter 9, verse 25 and 26. Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who are not my people, I will now call my people. And I will love those whom I did not love before. And then at that place where they were told, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. We were once a people who were not called children of God, but now, through Christ, through Jesus, a way has been made 
for mankind to be called God's children. They will be called the children of the living God. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14 through 18. And then chapter 7, just verse 1. We're reminded all through Scripture of how we're to be living as, as children of God. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a part with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. We are the temple of the living God. And as God said, I will live in them and will walk among them. Let's not miss what was established just a little bit ago, God's word. What has already been planned and purposed, God will not go against. I will live in them and I will walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Do not touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. How are we to be living? Working towards complete holiness because we fear God. We are His people. Marked for His purpose. His plan. Until His return. Like, see, God is not to be like second nature to us or when we need Him. No, He needs to be constant in our lives. It is because of Him that we live anew and afresh. We're communing with Him. We're interacting. We have this incredible, intimate relationship with the living God. And we should find pleasure in that. become a religious people but a people who truly grasp the fullness of this we're living in crazy times you all crazy times I'm seeing Christians I'm not seeing I think I'm not seeing it but I'm hearing reports of Christians 
are being slaughtered. Y'all know what's happening in this world? I heard a secular commentary the other day, and he's not Christian at all. He's just a secular philosopher. And out of his own mouth, he says that what we're seeing in our generation is a war in Christianity like we've never seen before. The slaughtering of thousands will lead to millions of Christians being exterminated. And he says the world and the governments are saying nothing. That was a, a secular philosopher. This is someone who doesn't even believe that Jesus is Lord. But out of his own mouth, he says, this is what we're seeing. This is what is at hand. And we want to play church. We want to go about our religious duties. We want to call ourselves children of God and yet live in complete rebellion towards Him. We want to dumb down the message lest we offend people. We want the gospel to be all-inclusive, which it never has been. Jesus is very clear. Not everybody is coming to Him. Christian youth, Christian children, Christian families just being slaughtered. I tell you something that challenges me. Because I'm like, oh God. And yet, we're to consider it joy. When the church was persecuted then, Consider it joy. These people are not giving up on their faith. Their homes are taken away from them. Their livelihoods are gone. Their daughters are being raped and mutilated. The report of when they captured this little community and they stripped the young girls from the Christian homes And they brutally raped them and assaulted them. And the parents came and pled for their daughters to come back. I shared this with you all a few weeks ago. And the captors brought them in, fed them, you look weak, eat. And they fed them their own daughters. And then shot them dead there. This is what is going on around the world. Those people's lives inspire me. God. 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 And here in the West, what are we doing? allowing the culture to define our God and our relationship with Him. We're influenced by the culture of, of, of well, did God really say that? And, and scriptures are being twisted and, and congregations and denominations are changing their bylaws and they're changing uh, 
scripture and everything is changing. <coughs> but if they hated him, they're going to hate us. See, the call of a disciple is not one that everyone's hip hip hooray to sign up for. Jesus himself laid it out clearly. If you're calling yourself my disciple, this is what it's going to look like. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. My plans, my purposes have been established. I am the reigning king of kings and the Lord of lords, and my return is coming. You're either for me or you're against me. There's no in-between like, oh, look, I got my foot here and my foot over here. And I really, oh, God, you know, I don't know if I can let this go. Yeah. See, we are his people. Marked. To be set apart. And because of these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. That we're just not hearers of the words, but we're doers of the word. You need to really ask yourself, I need to really ask myself, how are we applying this? How are we living? And if there's areas in our lives that are contrary to God's truth, then we better get right with God and, and, and say, God, here, show me. Get up from this place. I give it to you. Give me the strength to tear down these idols. To get out from relationships that I know I'm not to be in because it doesn't honor you. No matter how good it may look or what it may be providing me. But to get out from it because God doesn't honor you. And the last thing I want, God, is my life to be marked by idols in my life because I choose to surrender to them. Because that's what you're doing. Because remember, darkness is always going to be around. And it's your choice to surrender to it. It's your choice every day every hour of every second to say, no, I choose to surrender my life to this than to you. How can that be? How can that be? Go to Titus chapter 2. Verse 11 through 14. Titus 2, verse 11 through 14. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we've talked about grace, and, and we'll continue to keep talking about grace, because grace has been stripped of its power in our generation. God's grace. What then shall we say? Shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? Certainly not. See, as it has plagued our generation, it has plagued the previous generations. 
and it'll continue to plague future generations, this concept of this weak-willed grace that keeps us enslaved. Oh no, it's okay that I continue to do this because of God's grace. No, it's okay to continue to do this. And whatever that is for you and for me, it's okay to continue because of God's grace. You see, he understands. Oh, the enemy's done an incredible job of perverting the word of God. And we believe him. We make him God so common, so nothing, that it's like, ah! And we trample on his blood as if it meant nothing. We're just splashing it up upon us and everyone else. Oh, but may we remember what grace is? Grace is the power to transform. It doesn't remain, it doesn't keep us enslaved. It is the power that transforms. It's His grace. Wow. So merited favor I mean, it is the uh, God changing, is transforming us. His grace. And so when we see it that way and we truly understand it, then we are without excuse and we see it for what it is. What then shall we say? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Don't we know that if we died with him, we've been raised up with him into a new life? So for the grace, this transforming power of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinless pleasures. We should live in this evil world oh, with wisdom, righteousness, and a devotion to God. We are God's people. How are we to be living? With wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us His very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin to cleanse us and to make us his very own people totally committed doing good deeds. And I love it, First John, where he says, I'm writing this so that you will not sin, but if you do sin, remember Christ. Listen, if Christianity doesn't offer freedom and hope of freedom from my old rebellious ways, then what would be the purpose of following Christ. Good Christian people. I'll let you know. Oh, it's okay. God's grace. Remain enslaved in the mouth of sin. Nothing changes. 
Well, that's what we hear. Listen to what's being preached out there a lot. It's all come and get whatever you want from Jesus. And remain however you are because of God's grace and God's love. And people are being led to an eternal hell with Jesus on their lips. And you say, well, no, I I don't believe that. Then I've challenged each of you to please show me a scripture where I have a right to live how I want. Because my flesh would really love to go back then. Please, someone show me. I've asked people all these years, show me. Where I can continue to live enslaved to sin. Unrepented sin in my life. Not that you will not sin, but sin shouldn't be your master. You see the difference? It's not a perfect life. It's not that you're not going to sin. But again, in 1 John, I love how he words it. I write to you that you will not sin, but if you do. Because we have an understanding that Jesus' death, what Jesus accomplished, has defeated sin and death. It has no power over his people. Sin is not to be our master. It's not to be lording over our lives. It's not what is dictating our steps. And if it is, you're storing up wrath. People look at your lives. They know you go to church. They know we're believers. We're God's people. And yet they see us running them up. And just how they see that we have no respect for our God, they won't respect him. What kind of craziness is that? And yet, we may go from this place today after hearing God's word and we'll go right back in to our culture our relationships, to our emotions, to our our desires that don't please God, and somehow we'll get comfortable with it again. And we'll say, but we're God's people. Marked, set apart, to do good works that he has purposed for our lives. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. What sin am I really going to allow in my life to master me and somehow twist my faults or have other good Christians come in and tell me, oh, that's okay. It can master you. I mean, that's not really what the words were come out of the mouth, but could you imagine if that's really what we would say, if the truth of our words are actually exposed? <laughs> oh, it's okay to, for it to master you. What? Oh, it's okay. Go ahead and, and do that. Go ahead and make those choices. Make those decisions. Go ahead because it's okay for those to master you, to lord over you. 
Like, I think if we really heard the words that were, that, that even we speak to ourselves or that others in our lives, so-called Christians, who give us the right to ourselves, who give us the, uses the word of God to give us the right to ourselves. Like, if we really heard, like, it's okay for it to lord over you, to master you. I think maybe we would be like, no, Jesus is my Lord. Wait a minute. That's foreign to me. That, that's weird. No, because, no, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is to be the one who masters me, lords over me. Because I freely gave myself to him and received his salvation. What am I doing here? See, then I don't need a list of laws and rules and do's and don'ts. No, you just freely uh, just give because it's just who you're becoming. Like, we're to live different. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Starting with verse 1. So keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison, and if you were as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can have this confidence, or we can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. So I have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules, I love this, about food, which don't help those who follow them. We have an altar from which the priest and the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of animals were burned outside the camp. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer, offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming, I love this, our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need these are the sacrifices that pleases God. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what, what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would 
certainly not be for your benefit. Pray for us, for our conscience is clear, and we want to live honorably in everything we do. And especially pray that I will be able to come back to you soon. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Let that be a portion of scripture you go back and meditate on. Wow! Can you say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? We ought to be able to. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't be attracted by strange new teachings. Where does your strength come from? From God's grace. Not from rules about food or any other rules that deem you to be holy because you follow them. No, whenever man or an institution tries to add on as if the blood of Jesus was not enough, get away from it. Get away from it. It's perverted, it's demonic. Whenever an institution that even deems itself to be Christianity adds to the cross as if his blood and his final sacrifice wasn't enough. It's demonic. And there's a multitude of them out there. And people are sitting underneath the teachings, being led astray. And I love what it says here, which didn't help those who followed them. When all of it was established, it pointed, it, the whole point of the law, the whole point of it all, was to establish the understanding that we needed a Savior. We couldn't fulfill them. And even if we did, we're doing it in our own strength. And where does our strength come from? Our strength comes from the Lord. So all these rules and all these laws added to Christianity, all of the worshiping of idols, all of this craziness that's going on, all in the name of Jesus, and yet do we not hear what we say? Well, they love Jesus. No, if they loved Jesus, they would tear down those Idols. Oh, that's hard preaching. Well, don't get angry with me. Look at God's word. And yet, we're comfortable with people who will call themselves Christians following false religions in the name of Christ. Well, they're good people. There's a lot of moral people, good people, who are going to hell. See, we're talking about eternity.
and how mankind has been led astray from truth. There's no law or no rule that will ever make you right with God, no matter how many times you follow them. Don't eat, don't touch, don't do, don't this, don't that, don't this, don't that, this, that, don't, don't, this, that. Say this many Hail Marys, do this, rub your beads, do this, light a candle, pray to this saint, do all that. What kind of craziness are we doing? And we say, oh, but it's Jesus. Where? Where? Truth is that Jesus accomplished everything through his blood. Now, does that mean we just live however we want? No, because why would we? We're children of God. So no, we're not out there running in a muck and doing whatever we want and how, living however we want. No, because we have this understanding that our lives now belong to Him. And in this understanding, there is a way in which we ought to be living. And it's empowered by His strength. It's empowered by His Holy Spirit as He's given us the wisdom and the understanding to walk out each and every day of our life the fullness of who He is because our lives are to be an expression of His. And so I don't need man to give me a list of rules and laws. No, Christ has freely given me wisdom and understanding on how to follow him. And contrary to what the Catholic Church wants to preach about Mary being a co-redeemer, that's blasphemy and demonic. I'm telling you all, it's time that we've really awakened the truth in our generation. We've got institutions listing everything. And if it didn't help the people then, what good is it with people today? Well, don't do this, don't do that, do it this way, do it that way. Yeah, let's erect all these saints that we can pray through. And it's funny that we're quick to look at Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons who pervert the Word of God, but we don't want to look at other institutions that are perverting it and going, no, wait a minute, that's ungodly. You're adding to what he did. And the word of God says, be very careful not to do that. I don't care who prophesied it. Because just like Paul said, even if an angel shows up and adds to what you've been taught, may it be cursed. Oh, let us be careful, you all. We're God's people. And we ought to not entertain strange ideals and new teachings and in ways of conjuring up in our strength and to be in right relationship with God. No, we never can. 
it's all because of Christ. It's through His blood. I love what it says there. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make His people holy by means of His own blood. Nothing more is needed. Nothing more is needed. Nothing more is needed. It's finished. I can't puff myself up. He accomplished it all. Go to First Peter. Oh, I promise you we're coming to a close. Verse 13. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. After this, I got two short verses in Revelation, and then we're wrapping up. Oh, but before we do, look at this. Listen, I know a lot of things may be going on in your head and your heart, and all I can encourage you is go to the Word of God. Try not to make it what you want it to say. Hear what it's saying. And make sure it's saying in the fullness of Scripture, just not in a portion of Scripture. It all is the fullness of God's Word. His plan. His purpose. To have a people that He will call His own. And that they would call Him their God. That they would live according to Him. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Can we circle that? Can we highlight it? Can we get that out in front of us, write it on your mirror in your bathroom? How are we to live as God's obedient children? Again, depending on Him to bring forth what He has purposed in us. God is living in us. Empowered by His Holy Spirit. That if we walk habitually in the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. These are promises. This is the truth. This is hope that we have. It's God's obedient children. Again, not because man has said or added to. No, I'm telling you, it's time we start exposing things for what it is. We ought to start looking at it and calling things. No, that's demonic. That's contrary to God's truth. I'm following that way. I'm not obedient. Sometimes we make Christianity so hard. Jesus Christ has already completed everything that he has set out to do. That's the God in whom we say we belong to. Yes, God. Not me, you. Not I, you. There's times when I start feeling, and I say, oh, wait a minute. No, get out from underneath that, Rob. Get out from it because, no. 
interesting year. Last year. I'm just enduring. And there's been times where I wanted to take on the blanket of, you know? I wanted my pain to define me. I wanted everything to define me. Oh, God, when? Oh, God, when? And I'm like, that's ugly. That's horrible. What are you doing there, Rob? Get up. In the days, if the pain was too much and I couldn't get up, I rested in his arms. Okay, God. I can trust that you're working all things out for the good. Search me, God. Is there anything within me? Keep me in perfect peace. There's days where our mind's been tormented. There's days where I've just been under such a weight of a heavy oppression and an attack and I just want to just... Oh, And then I get to the end and I go, oh, what am I doing there? Get up. We all face it. Every day, as long as you have breath in your body, you're going to be challenged. It cannot extinguish the light within you unless you give in to it. You're to walk obediently. And I thank God for His grace and for His mercy. I don't use them as excuses to keep me enslaved. No, I see them as tools of freedom. change the way I'm thinking, to transform me. My God, you've planned good works for me. I'm trusting in that. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For scriptures say, you must be holy because I'm holy. Uh huh? You ever thought about that? Well, surely God didn't mean that. <laughs> because God recognized we're flesh. Uh-huh. Surely, this is meant for someone else or, well, let's try to break it down in the Greek. Let's try to unwrap it and try, try to see a way around it. Well, you can look at whatever you want, but it comes back to the same fullness of Scripture because it lines up with everything else here. A people that is living as God's own. You are to be an expression of who He is. So that others would come to know Him. That's how you'd be living. Oh, but I failed today, or I failed yesterday. Get over yourself. Stop looking at me. 
we get such a mess when we look at ourselves. He's not surprised. No, he bids us to come. Get up, turn from that, repent. This gift, this, this gift of repentance, he leads us to repentance. He doesn't force us. He leads us. You don't belong there. No, you're not to be thinking that way. Don't go that way. No, no, come this way. You're my beloved. You belong to me. Why do we resist him? Why do we push him back? Why do we make him to be something that he's not? Like he withdraws himself and goes, no more for you. That was your last time. No, as long as you have breath in your body, he's bidding you to come. Come. Come to Jesus. Get up. Remember what it's like to be in the house of the Lord. Get up. And he runs towards us. He embraces us. He cleans us up. Oh, that's such a beautiful picture. And remember that your heavenly Father, to whom you pray, has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time, I love this, as foreigners in the land. For you know God, I'm sorry, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood, and there's that blood again, of Jesus, of, of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. See, we're all born into sin. We've all been given that nature. But just as that nature we were born into, we are purposed to be born again of a new nature, of a new way. Born again. Of a new way, of a new life. The hope in Christ, it is only through His blood. Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. And the word is the good news that was preached to you. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that, look at this, you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Oh, we ought to be crying out daily. May we never think we've arrived. No, it's this 
daily crying out. Yes, we're maturing. Yes, we're to grow. And yes, we're to leave the elementary teachings of Christ at some point in our maturing life. So Paul says, some of y'all to be teachers by now, but you still need to be fed the bottle. That even in our growing, even our maturing, may we continue always to say, God, I need this nourishment. Lest we start doing it in our own ways, in our own strength. Oh, God, it's all about you. It's all about you. There is a way in which we're called to live. <laughs> I'm going through verse 12. So you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's, what's more, you are his holy priest. Through the, med- the meditation, the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that pleases God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possessions. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Go to Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow, crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, 
it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers and immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of the burning sulfur. This is the second death. And the last one, Revelation 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds to anything to what it is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is faithful, I'm sorry, he who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. We have walked through the Old Testament, through the New and it has been laid out clearly to us that we are to be his people because he is our God. There is a way in which we ought to be living, you all. And this is a fresh new year. This is a fresh new season. Let it be said of us this year that we would be a people whose allegiance is towards our God. That we would, with our own hands, begin to tear down idols in our lives. That we would begin afresh and anew. Forget where you've been and what you've done and the decisions that you've made, that you've already made for your future, that are contrary to God's truth. No, we've got to be serious about whom we say we are in Christ. Let's restore wrath, His wrath towards us. It's not for us. His wrath was not meant for you. Like he has revealed Himself to you out of His great love. So receive Him Remain in Him. Abide with Him. And watch how He matures you and grows you this year. Like each day you all, ask Him. Seek Him. And I love what His Word says. If you seek him, you'll find him. If you seek him with your whole heart, not a divided heart, 
but with your whole heart. Some things may need to be amputated out of your life. You have to get all of it out. You can't just leave a little. You got to get all of it. Let's live for him, you all. Get out there and burn bright. Get out there and, and, and allow others to see an expression of who he is through your life. Stop making excuses for your sin. So I pray as the last songs play, these words are being sung over us, to take this time, you all, and say, Lord, what am I to do with this? What am I to do with what I've heard? What am I to do with your word? What am I to do, God, with the sin that's in my life? Like, I don't want it to master me or lord me over me any longer. Give it. I want to give it to you. And I'm going to trust, God, as I give it to you, that you honor your word. I don't know if there's anything you can take away from today. Understand that he honors his word. Like he's already purposed it. He's already established it. All things are working out according to what he's already laid out. And he's already laid out your life. So you can trust him. No matter what the, this earth and this world may be showing you, you can trust in God. And you can say, yes, Lord. Come. Amen? Amen. So let me get this ready. And then I'll close this in prayer. Now 
all your faithfulness destroys the doubt your strength is fire to my soul after all you've done in me i will be your hands and feet follow where you lead as you say
take this from me I'm a child that you never read Nothing will separate us I'm here by your lips Oh, I know, oh, I know I'm now blameless You call me holy I've been forgiven You call me You call me righteous